Thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thank you for starting your day with Locked on Spartans as we are going to be talking about MSU versus Maryland for the third time tonight. Yes, to kick off Michigan State's Big Ten tournament run. And oh, by the way, what do you need to see to start believing that Michigan State can make a run in March Madness? Let's go. You are Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan fans, do you smell that in the air? That is right. That's not just your morning coffee. No, no, that, that's not just the morning bagel popping out of the toaster or the leftover slice of pizza you just threw in the microwave. Mm-mm. No, that's March Madness, baby. It is finally upon us. Uh, this this kind of counts. I know it's not the big dance, but I don't know. Conference uh, tournament season's got me feeling some, t- some type of way right now. And uh, hey, hope it's got you feeling Magical, I guess. Yeah, the March Madness magic is in the air over here on this end of the microphone, and hopefully uh, it's, it's filling uh, your life over there wherever you are, whether it be uh, sunny Michigan or if you're down in Chicago like a lot of you listeners are, or hey, if you're over at the West Coast, hopefully you guys are enjoying this March Madness magic in the air, baby. Um, On today's show, yes, we are going to be talking about the trilogy matchup of MSU versus those Maryland Terrapins. Oh, just a team we haven't seen in so long. And then on Twitter, I asked a question. What do you have to see from the Michigan State Spartans, this Big Ten tournament, to start believing they can make a run in March? We're going to get to all that in a hot second, but first, just have to ask you politely to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if, uh, I don't know, you you have a, a bet that can't miss... Boy, could I use that right now. Uh, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. All right. Uh, yeah, familiar foe tonight, 6.30, Big Ten Network, to kick off Michigan State's Big Ten tournament run. It's Maryland, baby. That's right. Uh, we are seeing the Terrapins again. And uh, as you know, Michigan State has beat them twice already. Just last Sunday, they had a, a kind of a... It, it depends how you want to look at that game. There, there's two ways to look at it. Glass half empty, glass half full. Glass half empty, yeah. Michigan State almost blew a 20-point lead there. Okay, but glass half full. Hey, they got up to a 20-point lead in the first half and were able to kind of somewhat put the second half on cruise control. So, you get to play a team for a third time, and as the old adage goes, oh boy, it's hard to beat the same team three times in a season. Heck, Tom Izzo remarked that at his latest press conference, but actually... Is that true? Okay, well, luckily, uh, old uh, dumb bird brain like me doesn't have to do all those number crunching and whatnot because the fine folks at 538.com, well, (laughs) hey, they did it for us. I'll keep it short. Uh, No, more times than not, you do win for a third time after you beat the same team twice in a single season. Actually, if you won both your previous matchups since 2001, when teams play three times in a single season. And if you win those first two matchups, yeah, you win your third one 63% of the time. So, of course, it's not, you know, a 95% chance that you win or anything like that. And listen, uh, BartTorvik.com predicts this to be a three-point Michigan State 
win. So yes, it will be a close game, should be a close game, but just want to throw that out there, to dispel some myths, because yeah, I mean, okay, history and percentages say that Michigan State, yeah, they had the upper hand in the first two games, well, they should in this one as well. So let's get a little bit more into talking about the Terrapins here. Uh, well, again, familiar team. And before they waltzed into Breslin Center to start their game on a uh, 1-18 deficit, uh, thanks to a great run by Michigan State, they're actually having a pretty strong end to their season. Uh, Maryland, before playing Michigan State, won four of their last five. Uh, not necessarily a, a murderer's row of teams, though, they beat. They beat Nebraska. They beat Penn State. They beat Minnesota. But they did throttle Ohio State in that stretch. That one loss was to Indiana. Down that home stretch and a little bit in the Michigan State game, too. Uh, what was working well for them? Okay, two guys. And I shouldn't have said a little bit in the Michigan State game because it was actually a lot of it in the Michigan State game where you know, a lot of their production was coming from. Uh, it was Fats Russell. Uh, uh, like, how can you ever forget that name? Not only is he a great basketball player, but uh, first team, all-name team, no doubt. And then Eric Ayala. Uh, in that stretch where Maryland won four of five, Ayala put himself into the starting lineup and really hasn't turned around and looked back. He's been solid in the last four games as a starter for the Terrapins. Now, Fats Russell, uh, he had 16-plus points in his last eight games. Uh, he, and I'm sorry, he's the point guard for Maryland. I should say that before I keep going and rambling about him if you didn't know who he was. He is the point guard for Maryland. 16-plus uh, points in the last eight games, and he also had 16 on 4-11 shooting against Michigan State. In five of those eight games, he had 20 Plus, a lot of emphasis on Fats Russell and that offense. And also his backcourt mates, Eric Ayala, shooting guard. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good performance against Michigan State, namely in the second half when he was just letting those three-point shots just heave-ho, baby. Uh, yeah, he had 19 points on 18 shots against Michigan State. Uh, yeah, that, that second half, I believe he had 12 or 14 points. He was... He was on fire and scaring me in Breslin Center. Yeah, so this is how MSU beat them last time, though. And, of course, the 18-1 run to start the game helps. You can't count on that every single time you play a basketball game. However, there were some things in that 18-1 run that we can take away from and say, hey, this is how Michigan State can win for a third time against Maryland. In the 18-1 run, seven fast-break points. Michigan State looked good in the fast break. They looked comfortable in the fast break. And not just off steals or turnovers, but also rebound. Just get it running out quick. Come on, get up the court because we know our half-court offense isn't that good. So, yeah, uh, the fast break was important there. And also, it doesn't hurt to have six points from Bingham's two three-pointers as well. So, yeah, goes without saying that Anytime you can have a guy make some two three-pointers early on, especially a guy that you don't necessarily count on for two three-pointers in a given game, that helps. But the point here is that, yeah, Michigan State, get that fast break going this game, guys. Uh, come on, please. I, I beg you. So the second half uh, of that game, of course, wasn't all you know sunshine and rainbows in that game. Yeah, the 18-1 run was fine. But like I said earlier, the, the game did get down to a three-point deficit, and that was all thanks to Ayala, Fats Russell, uh, Max Christie was not that great in the second half. He had three turnovers that all turned into points. But luckily, Tyson Walker, Gabe Brown, Jaden Akins all showed up before it got to scary hours. 
And oh yeah, let's talk about a guy who's been loving this matchup so far this season. That's Malik Hall. Yes, thir- 13. 33 combined points against Maryland this season. And uh, unless you have amnesia, you probably haven't forgotten about his buzzer beater against Maryland earlier this season. He loves this matchup. Uh, oftentimes he's paired up against Donta Scott for Maryland, and I, he just seems quicker than him. So I think that's the matchup there as well. He seems to get to his spots where he wants to be and uh, really just kind of moves Scott around like a, like a little chess piece there. So I, he, he does like that matchup, and let's see if we can get it going tonight. Now, before uh, you know, we, we get to your comments on Twitter about what you need to see for Michigan State to have a run in March Madness, uh, i got three keys to the game I just want to go through really quick. The first one, yeah, uh, it, it's going to be Fats Russell and Eric Ayala, and maybe some of it is just the instant PTSD I have from them in the second half, but larger sample size in their last six games shows me that, no, this is really the straw, or straws, that stir the Maryland drink right there. Uh, hope they're paper straws because, you know, the plastic kills turtles. And you... I'm rambling right now. Um, so, yeah, you want that matchup to go well, obviously. And I think, that, you know, there, there is reason to believe that it can go okay for Michigan State. Like, you got Tyson Walker on Fats Russell. I think they match up pretty well physically. And also Tyson Walker, strong defender. Uh, A.J. Hogard, hey, you know, he can play on Fats Russell as well. He's been a strong defender all season, too. You get Max Christie on Eric Ayala when he's in the game. Maybe throw Hogard on him whenever uh, him and Tyson Walker are sharing the court. Regardless, I don't know if these are guys that you could stop necessarily, but, yeah, you can get them off kilter just like how they were in the first half of Sunday's game. Number two, number two key of the game, fast break. Get out into action. Please just get out. Like, yeah, we, we've talked about it earlier, but number three, and this is a key to the game that I actually brought up not too long ago against Michigan, and it went horrible because both these things happen, and it is have no anomalies. By that, I mean do not let Maryland shoot the three-pointer well. The anomaly there, well, it's because they don't really shoot it that well on the season. They shoot it at a 32% clip, and uh, we saw it kind of flare up, though, in the second half on Sunday's game. Yeah, they started the game 1 of 15 from behind the arc. <laughs> we like to see that. But, oh boy, 7 of 14 in the second half. So, yes, if they could just be all cool and just shoot high 20% from three-point land, yeah, that would be much uh, appreciated. And the second thing, too, that uh, we don't need flaring up as far as anomalies go is don't let their bench get hot. Yeah, and this happened, too, when we faced Michigan. Michigan was the same deal. Don't let them get hot from three like they haven't been all year, and don't let their bench get hot. Well, both happened. Uh, now, however, I think that this favors Michigan State a little better than Michigan because uh, Caduce Wahab isn't necessarily Hunter Dickinson in the paint, so you don't have to give him as much attention. You don't have to shadow your help as much and sag off the three-point shooters. I think you can trust, whether it be Bingham, or Marble to take on Wahab one-on-one. He's still a fine player. I'm not saying the guy's a total scrub, but he's a far cry from what we saw in that Michigan game and Hunter Dickinson. So we're going to get to a lot of your comments. And of course, yeah, I can't sit here and not comment on your comments as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a, a nice little dialogue here in a hot second about what you need to see to start believing in March Madness. But first, just have to talk to you beautiful people about Stat Hero. That's right, gang. You know how much I love March Madness, and I am uh, clinically addicted to brackets. But I also can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money in one of these things. Uh, I'm clinically addicted to losing money in bracket pools, uh, too. 
That's why this year I'm hedging my bets with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest, though. That's right. Stat Heroes NCAA Game Pick'ems pit star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from all those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. And start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, law nods, or any funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Well, it's because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. You see their lineups, you plug in yours, bada-boom, bada-bing. It's simple to post your set of players, and you can get it set up in minutes. It is the sleekest gameplay, and it is the way Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on for a 100% match. One more time, gang. That's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks again for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Now make sure you check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th right here in the Locked On Spartans podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on all the matchups. Let's go. All right. So, I uh, had a lot of fun with this, guys. Um, so on Twitter, as I do, I uh, you know banged out one of those tweets. And it read this. Question for the crowd. What do you need to see this Big Ten tournament for you to believe MSU has a run in them next week? Now a pretty, you know, direct question. You know, talk about the Big Ten tournament, March Madness, but also kind of vague. I wanted people to interpret that in their own ways. Like, do you mean what I want to see from certain players? Like, what do I mean? Like, do you want to see what records they have at the end of this week? And like, And it offered up some great answers, actually. More than 100 of you answered, and that is absolutely sensational. Thank you to everyone that responded. Uh, Got a lot of good ones. Um, Just (laughs) ranging all over the spectrum, too, like Thomas. Just simply says, uh, a first-half lead against Maryland is all he had to see. That's it. And then you got Kerwin saying, uh, they could win it all, and I'd still be convinced we will lose in the first round, all while I fill out my bracket, putting them in the Final Four. Amen, Kerwin. That is some of the March Madness delusion. That uh, yours truly also has. That's right. Um, like wide receiver to combo guard pipeline. He wrote, I realistically need two beers. Okay, nice. There we go. And then Matt counters that with, uh, I need them to not force me to delete 16 beers on Thursday night. Mel Tucker fan page, legalize weed sales in Indy, he says. Okay, so not everyone needs a vice to start believing. Like you know, Brent, for example. He writes in, he needs to see Izzo grabbing a player and national media outrage over it. Now, I know that's a joke, but I'm like 40% of the way there to being serious about that. Yeah, give this team something to rally behind. Like, he uh, gets into Bingham's face, he he climbs up his leg and then his torso and then screams right at Bingham's face. And then, you know, you get your Mitch Album columns, you get your uh, outrage on first take or whatever. And that could be a nice little rally point for this team. I don't see why, why not. But then, sadly... Uh, and understandably so. I'm not calling these fans out by any means. I can see how people have checked out of this season and have given up, <laughs> to say uh, to say the least. Like David writes, uh, for the wings to get faster and for the bigs to get more talented. 
This is not a good team. Okay? Um, not the most uh, optimistic bunch here, but hey, that's uh, why they find themselves on the Lockdown Spartans podcast. Uh, JD3 simply writes, Haha, I've given up on trying to read the tea leaves with this team. If they get more than one win in a row, I'll be encouraged at that point. And then Justin with a sensational answer here. The top two players on every single team, not just the Big Ten, to blow out an ACL, plus gas prices go up to $19 a gallon. That's right. Don't just wish for injury for all 67 other teams in March Madness. Also hope to squeeze out those lower-budget programs that can't afford $19 per gas on their planes or buses or whatever. I, I like that, Justin. There we go. Just cripple them. I, I like that big time. But no, there, there are some actual like more serious ones that I want to get to and comment on here. But before I get to that, no one had a better one than my guy Travis. And he writes, if they lose to Maryland, I can convince myself the extra rest will help. If they win the tournament... I can convince myself that they won't have to have the legs and should have lost to Maryland. No matter what happens, I will be violently volatile between those two extremes. MSU is powerless to stop my reactions to the Big Ten tournament. Travis has bang on. That's where I'm at, too. Uh, If they lose tonight against Maryland, I will be in full spin zone mode telling myself that, okay, we got a full week to crunch film. Get ready. Rest the legs. Max Christie, he will be going 4-5 the first uh, game of March Madness. So, yeah. With that said, though, let's let's get into more rational thoughts here. Like, a lot of you, and thank you very much, uh, gave us how many wins you want to see. Like, some just said just one game. And then, you know, you get some people that said, no, they have to have a championship appearance, maybe not win it. There's only a few that said, no, they have to win the whole title. For me to start believing. But I think I'm right here with Jason, who gives a pretty good detailed one and one that I agree wholly with. It is to not trail Maryland by more than five at any point and then win that game. And then if Johnny Davis is out for Wisconsin, win that game by more than six points. And if he isn't out, well, just win. Just win it. A back and forth game in the semifinals, I'll be happy with that win or lose. Don't hate that one. And then EV writes in two wins and a competitive third game similar to the Thanksgiving tournament. That's right, the Bahamas Bonanza. Who can forget that? And one other one I just want to remark on was Mitch. He writes in, I want a stress-free win against Maryland. Good luck with that. Uh, And to look competent against Wisconsin to be pleased. If they want me to believe they have a run in them, I need to see them beat Wisconsin and look good against Purdue. And like I said, like that's probably where I'm at too, right? Beat Maryland. You gotta beat Wisconsin. But let's just stop right there at Mitch's comment where he says, look, competent against Wisconsin. Let's say if, you know, Michigan State plays a good game, they lose 68-70. to Johnny Davis plays, he has a good game. That could be enough for me to start dreaming a little bit. And that harkens back to the days of the 2015 season where Michigan State really, well, didn't have a good regular season at all. And, yes, there are some parallels you can make with this year, but a lot of differences. Um... But one thing that could be a parallel is that, just like they did in 2015, they barnstormed all the way to the title game. Now, it's not the title game I'm talking about, but they played Wisconsin in that title game. A very good Wisconsin team. And they played their hearts out. They looked like they were ready for March Madness. And, well, okay, uh, four games later in the big dance, yeah, it was pretty clear that they were ready for March Madness as they made the Final Four as a seven seed. Thank you very much. So, if you just play good 
against Wisconsin team and show all the tools there, like the urgency, the team defense. You know, you got Tyson Walker shooting, Malik Hall's active, Marcus Bingham plays for what? 20 minutes? Like, then, oh yeah, oh, I'll get suckered in, all right. <laughs> oh, I'll, oh, I'll get suckered in, no question about it. Um, We got a lot more, a lot more of these that I want to get to, including like seating and individual player performances, if you will. But first, just had to talk to you fine folks, that's right, about Run Your Pool. Oh, we've been talking about these guys for a little bit now. It's runyourpool.com, and March Madness is just a few days away, guys. And that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or are you looking for the best? Well, we've done our homework here, and we are running our brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. Go check out all their formats. Uh, they're all fun in their own individual ways. And they also have options to edit scoring, and they offer way more intel to make your picks. All the stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. And if you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain some customers. That's right. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you will ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we are running brackets there ourselves, and there's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash lockdown, and while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family, enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off of your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash lockdown for your chance at a cash prize. And also need to talk to you beautiful people about betonline.net. Woo! That's right, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally, finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it ain't just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more and about all the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, plenty more of your comments about what you have to see this Big Ten tournament from Michigan State to start believing that they will have a run in March Madness. And of course, a lot of the talk was on the players. We'll start with Corey here, who says two wins is what he needs to see, and Christie starting to look like a dude. The latter likely doesn't happen until the NCAA tournament, but is most important for a run. It is uh, fascinating, maybe borderline aggravating, but also just great for conversation that you can make, like, what, six individual arguments for what certain player needs to have a big march like, okay, both point guards, yep, they both need to play big. Okay, you got your captains in Brown and Hall. Bingham needs to show up big. And then, yeah, there's Max Christie there, and I think he is one of the top guys because, well, unfortunately, we've really seen firsthand the last month and a half how different this team can be when he is not hitting his shots. Now, of course, that's not to say he's a just a total waste out there. Still showing up on defense, I mean, and he's tasked, uh, as Izzo said, 48,000 times that, yeah, he's been posted up against a lot of the other team's top guards. Uh, but, yeah, I think Christie really, if he somehow, some way in this little four-day break here that he had, uh, found some legs again, or let's say they lose Friday, and then they play again March Madness on Friday, hopefully a week maybe can help restore him. But, yes, I, I think Christie is, God, I... 
I wrestle between the most important player and the second most important player because I think the most important player, number one, is what Walmart MSU fan is saying. Wisconsin and competing with Purdue is what he has to see to start believing, but also adds Malik Hall playing consistent in all three games. Amen, Walmart MSU fan. I think Malik Hall's got to be that top guy. I think that we just can't have a game, cannot afford a game, where he just goes, oh, well, good luck, everyone. I'm just going to... You know, do my uh, one of my four-point games, two-rebound games, and uh, you know, just only shoot the ball three times or something like that. Like, no, 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 no. Malik, you need to shoot. You, you need to be active. You need to be out there engaged in the game, and that is going to be my number one guy that just needs to really just show that he, uh, he has that urgency here in the Big Ten tournament, realizing that his days could be dwindled down to just two more games with those guys like Gabe Brown with, Marcus Bingham with, Joey Hauser. So, yeah. And a lot of you also commented, too, that you just got want to see urgency from this team. So, sorry I didn't pick out any individual comments that read that. But, yeah, there were definitely a handful about that. Uh, Dave says, get to the weekend, first and foremost, but also have Gabe and Max playing well. Again, uh, we've also seen how well this team can play with Gabe in double figures, as he's gone in double figures his last four games of the season. Now, did that result in four wins on the 10th of the year? No, it didn't, but he really had some great moments against Maryland. He really had some great moments in that home game against Purdue as well. So, yeah, Gabe's definitely a guy that you could argue, like, okay, this is your most important player going into March Madness, no doubt about it. And then, uh, last but not least for the player portion of this, Jay writes in two wins but in those two wins, the defense and effort are off the charts, and the team is led by Brown, Bingham, and Hall. When this team defends, they are top 10 because it allows them to run and get away from the half-court offense. And, yeah, I, it's hard to hope that you see something in the Big Ten tournament because, look, we're many games into the season. This isn't early December or even early January where you hope things can turn around. Like, by now you are what you are, and... Trends are pretty set in place, and one trend, unfortunately, is Marcus Bingham just isn't playing enough. Now, whether that's on him, whether that's on coaching, that's for a completely different podcast because we're starting to run out of time here, and we could do three full segments on that whole dynamic there. However, if we can get a 20-minute-a-night Marcus Bingham, I'm starting to feel pretty okay about Michigan State in the Big Ten Tournament and maybe even March Madness. But one thing that I really wanted to get to to end this has to do with seeding. And I'm so glad that Andrew Combo brought this up. He said, win the whole thing and somehow move up to a six seed and avoid being seeded seven through ten so they don't get a one or two seed in the second round. We'll talk a little more about MSU's bracketology in tomorrow's show as that'll be the last episode before Selection Sunday. But this is a massive point and one that is kind of what I'm also leaning to as well. Yes, you want to see what goes on in the Big Ten Tournament, but if you're a, a just an addict, just an addict for bracketology and that you just pump that into your blood every single day like I do, God, I start checking bracketology in November, man. So these days when I'm checking every bracketology known to mankind every single day and MSU is always locked in the 8th spot, sometimes the 7th spot, rarely the ninth spot, Start to get a little dejected by that because, look, this is a really, 
really top-heavy tournament. And, of course, the one seeds are good every single year. But I think this year in particular, the, the drop-off between the one seed and the two seed is so minimal. Like right now, I'm going off of 131 Sports right now. You might have never heard of 131 Sports. Go check them out. They're amongst some of the best bracketologists out there in the nation. So 131 Sports tells us that right now, Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Auburn are your one seeds. Okay, your two seeds are Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova. Your three seeds, you know, you got Tennessee on the outside looking in, Purdue on the outside looking in for a two seed. I don't think Texas Tech can jump up to a two seed, and then Wisconsin, should they bang out a great run, they'll be a two seed too. Long story short, not a lot of difference between the one seeds and the two seeds in my opinion. Really, like mentally, I I just see this as eight one seeds. And when you are scheduled in the 7-10 game, or scheduled in the 8-9 game, yeah, your second game is going to be against those one seeds or two seeds. Now, I will stop myself right now and admit how ridiculous this is, what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm looking ahead to the second game of the weekend when this is a March, or when this is a Michigan State team that is so volatile that they could easily, easily just get beat by 30 against San Diego State in the very first week and make all the smooth point. But no, uh, hey, let, let me dream here. I, I will think about the second weekend and how we can build a path to the Sweet 16 because, after all, that was kind of the question what we need to see to believe a run in March happens. But, hey, if you're like Andrew Combo and you want to see Michigan State get up to a six seed, yeah, winning the whole thing is your best shot. Now, I just ran a quick simulation, BartTorvik.com. Let's say they beat Maryland, beat Wisconsin, beat Purdue, you beat Illinois. BartTorvik.com tells us that Michigan State would be sitting pretty at a six seed. Okay, let's say they beat Maryland, they beat Wisconsin. They beat Purdue, but they lose in the title game to Illinois. That that still has Michigan State logjam in that seven seed. So, yeah, Michigan State kind of pigeonholed themselves right there, looking like a 98% chance that they will be between a seven seed and a 10 seed. So that's uh, the unfortunate, perhaps, reality of it is, um, yeah, you, you would love a six seed because, boy, howdy, are those three seeds a lot further back than, you know, all the two seeds and all that fun. But, yeah, again, we'll talk a little bit more about Bracketology tomorrow because it'll be the last show before Selection Sunday. And, yeah, uh, hopefully it goes without saying. I hope you already knew that we would do this. But we will break down the Maryland game on tomorrow's show as well and then take a look ahead to whoever their round two opponent's going to be. Wait, no, what I'm saying, it, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin's already there waiting for us. Okay. Things pretty clear right now. Brain's a little scrambled. Uh, I just the, the March air makes me dizzy. I'm starting to get disoriented. And yeah, okay. So we're gonna break down the Wisconsin game. Should Michigan State beat Maryland tonight? If they won't, then yeah, okay. We'll just probably hit the panic button and um, yeah, just sulk in our own sadness as we await Selection Sunday, three days after tonight's game. All right, gang. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Now go make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. That's right, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. And it's free, and it's available wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy tonight's game. Let's go, baby. Go Green.